Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. True crime podcasts, television, and streaming series are extremely popular, and the genre continues to grow. The term true crime generally refers to real-life stories of people who were murdered, went missing, or died in suspicious circumstances. It also profiles the killers or suspects that may have done the crimes. But why is true crime so popular? Stacy Lynn Nye is a clinical professor of psychology and the director of the UW-Milwaukee Psychology Clinic. She speaks with Lake Effect's Mallory Chang all about it. So Stacy, I don't know about you, but it seems like whenever I'm searching for a new podcast or if I'm surfing through the random streaming services that I have or the ones that I share with my family, there always seems to be a brand new true crime story. And true crime podcasts constantly top the weekly podcast charts. And they're very popular. These stories are very popular right now. And it seems like they're just everywhere. But uh, Stacy, from your perspective as, you know, a psychologist, why do these stories draw us in? Why are they so popular with us? Well, there's a few reasons, Mallory, that true crime is so fascinating. And one is that just in general, evil tends to fascinate us. You know, we really want to read all about it. We want to know what drives someone to do these evil, unthinkable acts because it's so outside of our own realm for most of us. Um, I think also the mystery involved in true crime and the puzzles involved is really interesting and exciting. People love to solve puzzles and um, we want to become armchair detectives and figure out, you know, the crime, maybe even before law enforcement does. So that really draws us in. I think also that we like to be scared, you know, in a controlled way. You know, it's like being on a roller coaster or watching horror. You know, we like to be scared. We feel safe in in that environment. Unfortunately, it's happening to someone else. But that's another thing that, you know, really draws us in. Yeah, and these stories are definitely popular amongst a certain demographic of the population. Who are the main audiences of true crime stories? What's their demographic? I mean, ironically, the main audience are women. Well, I say it's ironic because, you know, women are, you know, are often victims of crime. And so you would think that we would be too scared to watch. And some women are too scared to watch. But a lot of women kind of take the opposite approach, like, well, I'm going to watch this so that I can learn everything I need to know to help protect myself. And sometimes that is protective. Sometimes there's nothing we can do. There's just not enough we can do to protect ourselves from being victims. But I think it helps women feel a sense of control if they can learn how, you know, how to not enter in dangerous situations or things like that. So the other thing I'll add that's sometimes problematic with these shows is in women's efforts to watch true crime or listen to true crime and learn things maybe to help protect themselves We also want to be mindful of victim blaming, which sometimes happens. And as I mentioned, we could do everything right and still, unfortunately, become victims of crime. So we don't want to we don't want to 
you know, look at these things and say, oh, well, if she hadn't done that, then she would be safe now, you know, and, and often that's really not true. So that's just something to be mindful in our, in our own selves when we're, when we're watching and listening to this content, you know, not to blame victims because nobody wants these things to happen to them. And not all of us have the resources to take cars to places we need to go or not work late at night or things like that. So so we need to um, be mindful of that. With people who watch and listen to true crime stories, with especially women, what is the mental health impact of consuming stories about true crime consistently? What does that do to our brains and how we see the world? Well, I think it can desensitize us a bit. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about the show Dahmer. Now that the show on Netflix, the Ryan Murphy show was not true crime, um, but based on a true story. And I was saying how I found the first episode, you know, to be quite horrifying and wasn't sure I could continue, but did continue and found myself getting a little desensitized to it. So good or bad. I know that that happened for me. I would say that, you know, but for the most part, it doesn't necessarily have a negative impact on people. In, but things you could look out for are if you start becoming afraid to leave your house or if you don't want to leave alone or you don't want to go out at night or, you know, your, your, your caution becomes paranoia you know, then then you may need to back off a little bit on the true crime. Yeah, and many true crime podcasts and television shows that are based on true stories, the perpetrators are often displayed as misunderstood or troubled, and their mental illness is oftentimes the main topic of conversation to explain why the perpetrator would want to cause violence. Why is mental health brought up first, and what issues does doing that cause? I think that you're absolutely right in your comment because mental health is often demonized in these shows and podcasts and books and things like that. And it really just reinforces the stigma that our society already has on mental illness. And I want to say for the record that, you know, a lot of people, most people have some form of mental illness at some point in their life. And people who become serial killers are really quite rare. And so um, mental illness does not lead to becoming a violent, you know, murderer. People who become violent murderers may have some form of mental illness, but you can't equate the two at all whatsoever. Um, and in fact, you know, um, a lot of people who rise to that level of violent crime often, you know, have more like antisocial traits. And so that that is a whole different genre, um, a whole different a whole different category. With these true crime shows or podcasts, they oftentimes center the narratives of only the killer. And some examples that immediately come to immediate mind, we have talked about Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, or even the Black Dahlia. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reiterations of retellings of their stories and oftentimes are very sensationalized while the victims of their murders and their killings are not as widely known or as centered in the stories. And Stacey, just from your perspective, are the popularity of true crime podcasts and television shows problematic? And can being a fan contribute to that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, you're you're right about that is we know the names of the killers. Um, you were able to, you know, like start listing them off and we tend much less frequently to know the names of the victims. So um, it is problematic. The killers are sensationalized. And unfortunately, I think it's this combination of the, the media, you know, giving the public what they want. But but I do feel like if we brought more attention, much more attention to the victims and their families, I think the public would be interested in that just as much, if not more. So I think that that's really important. And just to kind of bring back that Ryan Murphy show, he did highlight um, several of the victims. He did put up all of the victims' names. But uh, my understanding is that the victims' families were not consulted um, when he made when he made the show. So that's also a real oversight because the victims' families are greatly affected by all of this media attention, and their voices need to be heard. Often, a lot of the true crime shows focus predominantly on. Um, white women being killed. And so when when in actuality, there's a huge number of women of color, indigenous women and trans women who are targeted, and that's talked about much less. So I think it would be really important to, um, if we're going to continue to put content like this out, to try to focus or balance our perspective and focus on the people who don't have the access to the money and the resources that um, many white families have, you know, to get their stories out would be really, really important, an important contribution. Well, Stacey, thank you so much again for being here on Lake Effect. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Mallory. Have a great day. Stacy Lynn Nye is a clinical professor of psychology and the director of the UWM Psychology Clinic. She spoke with Lake Effect's Mallory Chang. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash Lake Effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight Podcast. <laughs>